Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Break Time Podcast, where you can just kind of chill and talk about whatever interests us. We'll start somewhere and see where it takes us. I'm Eric, and as always, I'm joined by my two good friends. Is, friends. is this the ongoing trend now? Is this where it's going? Is it just going to be like Eric is trying to prove for a fact that he is indeed our friend and not some sleeper agent, like secretly a cop who's going to catch us doing some bad stuff French. and then rat us out? I, for one, appreciate your friendship. Yes. Jake and Ryan. I'll, I'll appreciate your friendship on, up until the point where you reveal that you were an undercover cop the entire time and are about to put us away. At which point I will start to hate you because you betrayed us. No. Then, 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 then revealing myself is the wrong choice. Yeah. Hey, but wait if you do reveal yourself. <laughs> <laughs> but does, yeah, but is this a decision? Tortured. If it is, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> Yeah. This, this is a wrong, wrong. This is a loose, loose situation. Yeah, you might have just admitted to being an undercover cop. No. No, these are your own delusional fantasies. I am no undercover cop. Anyways, how are you guys doing on this fine, hot summer day? Uh, doing well. I have a nice, refreshing cold drink next to me. Uh, this is kind of a staple among the things that I drink, but I'm currently enjoying a nice glass of what is called Honey Citron Ginger. You mean... Jam tea. I mean, it says that it can be used as jam on the jar, but I've never used it as jam. You don't want to spread your tea on this? What is Honey Citron? Honey Citron, so, okay, honey, I I hope you know what honey is. Yes. But Citron, (laughs) yes, Citron is a a citrus fruit that is not a lemon, but it looks like a a lemon, and has a very similar flavor to lemon, and then ginger is ginger, and that's all in, like, a, this jam-like, uh, I don't know what else, it has a jam-like consistency, there's a giant jar of it, you spoon some of it into your glass, and you add water, and then it becomes a beverage that is very delicious. Oh. Can you do oh, that with normal jam? I mean, I guess you can. Can I make myself some grape drink with jelly? I don't know. I don't. <laughs> not, I'm not sure about that. I'm not, I don't know if I like the sound of that either. Some mild strawberry jam water. Uh, <laughs> the thing is that I don't know if jam dissolves in water. That's just a honey citron. Just a unique feature. No, game. it says tea. The first thing it says is tea, but then it says underneath that it could also be used as. It's possible to use it, but it's mainly advertised as a tea. So you're saying that it was, they made tea, and then some weirdo in the design team is like, bro, I spread this on toast and I liked it. And they're like, alright, it's a new feature. It can. I think it would work. It's sweet enough when not dissolved in water, where it could be used as, you know, a jam on tea, uh, a marmalade of some kind. Marmalade? That's marmalade. Oh my god. It's like jam, <laughs> but it's a different it's a different kind of spread thing. Like Marmalade uh, tends to be more bitter. It uses more peel from the citrus. Does fruits. it? Yeah. Let me see. Because orange marmalade is more bitter. It's primarily a British thing. Ah uh, yes, it's right. made from the juice and peel of citrus fruits. Boiled with sugar and water. Yeah, I the think most the, well-known version. I think the yeah. difference is jelly doesn't have pulp in it, jam has pulp in it, and sin dud. Marmalade preserves. has peel. I think yeah. preserve is the same as marmalade. Probably. Preserves is less, it has less of a jam-like consistency. And, it's, and it also has actual pieces of fruit in it. At least if you get... Yeah, jelly is the closest as you're approaching, like, a jello texture. 
Yeah, I hate jelly. You don't like jelly? Jelly's no, jelly's disgusting. I need the fruit pulp for it to be enjoyable. Otherwise, it just feels like I'm eating a piece of, je- of like, jello, mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel good if uh, you spread that on the sandwich. It doesn't look very appetizing either. It looks very unnatural, the fact that it, you know, conforms to the shape of its container. I definitely like jam better. Uh, my family makes jam every once in a while from fruit trees that are around. We make uh, apricot jam. Is the tree that generally does the best, so we have the most apricot jam, and it's pretty good. I see. Anyway, we didn't even hear how Jake was doing. I kind of just said that I have a drink. I'm doing good. I have a uh, searing hot cup of coffee on this hot summer day. To, to honestly, help cool me off. I don't understand you at all. That is the it, last it's thing nice. It's how refreshing. Do you drink, how do you drink coffee at 3 and still be able to sleep that night? I think it's decaf. Oh no, I this one's not decaf. Okay. Well, I, 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 wouldn't, decaf. I would never drink caffeine after 4.30. Or five. I see. Then it's a problem. Right now, it's not a problem. I guess people's bodies just work different ways. I feel like caffeine yeah. just has no effect on me. I can drink, I can drink some cans of soda and a coffee, and I can still fall asleep like right away. We got to test this out. We got to see what the actual limit of Eric's caffeine intake oh, is. Oh yeah, I mean, you definitely have <laughs> do... resistance to it. I mean, when I was in college, I mean. I probably, the only beverages I drank like at all were coffee and water, and I'd drink coffee till like 10pm, you know, full caffeine. It's just how I did it. Sounds kind of unhealthy, drinking caffeine at 10pm. The worst part is the heartburn with coffee that late, honestly. Oh. Uh. Yeah, I can have with too much caffeine. Your blood is it the caffeine that does yeah, that? Or coffee is just... really acidic, too. Yeah, it is. Anyways, we can continue on this topic, but I I had an idea for what we could talk about for this episode. Oh, I didn't even realize you really? came in with a with an, yes. I didn't know you came in with a topic. Yes, I, t- I totally host. forgot I was hosting today after I was not here last week for Father's Day. Yeah. And then I'm here like, oh, I'm hosting. I need a topic. Let me think of one. Right I mean, now. you don't <laughs> need a topic, but I mean, I only I, the only reason why I had those two topics was because like those things were kind of relevant. And I was like, hey, what, what do my friends think about this? But you don't need to come in with, like, a topic. Uh, this was relevant to me as soon as I went to go get water before we started recording. So what what just happened? I was getting water from... Because we, we get water from, like, a little... We buy it ourselves. We buy purified water in, like, one of those giant water cooler jugs. I don't know what to call those. Yeah, it's just the water water store. Yeah, one of those big 10-gallon jugs. Ah, yes, the water store. Yeah, the water store. And I also want to get some ice along with it, because it's pretty hot. Mm -hmm. From our fridge. Which, (laughs) I've now learned our ice maker no longer works. (laughs) And summer is a little sad. Bummer. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about, basically, issues with water. Because I've had some pretty bad experiences within like the past few years from water damage and water pipes just going bad. Oh yeah. I have like two two different stories within the last year that I want to share with you guys. So the first one was at our house. I don't think I told you about it. I think I mentioned it before but I never talked about it on the show where one day I was heading to the garage to get something. And I feel I feel for some reason, it felt like something was raining on me. 
inside the garage in my own house. Oh like, no. That's that's weird. That doesn't seem right. <laughs> so I look up and I just see this giant dark moldy stain on the ceiling. Obvious it's obviously the moment I look at it, it's obviously water damage. But I don't know how yeah. it got there. It could be a broken pipe, it could be some leap wa- leaping water. I'm like, alright, it's not good. I call my parents, we call in a inspector. They come over and, <laughs> and they just start sawing off our ceiling to look where the water's coming from. They have to remove all like all the insulation within it as well. So then our garage is located below our kitchen. So yeah. either the water is coming from a pipe that's in between the garage and the kitchen. Or maybe there's something in the kitchen that's leaking into the garage. And going all the way through. Yeah. So they they first cut it open, and we realize there are no water pipes between the kitchen and the garage. I think it's just the design of the house. There's just no pipes located there. It's just all insulation or something. So then, okay, we ruled out the water pipes. So we thought it might have been our sink in our kitchen, because that's supposed to have issues with it before. Like, right below the sink, the water pipe would leak sometimes. But it's, like, not under the floor. It's in, like, a cabinet right under the sink. Mm-hmm. So we check that for a while, and that doesn't seem to be the problem. Then we look at... And, and our kitchen has, like, a little island on it, too. Like, a little island counter where we, like... Like, it's just in the sitting in the middle of our room. Yeah. We check that as well. Also, no water leaking from there. Then the last place we check is our fridge. Which is like up against the wall. There's like a little crevice, like a little door hole just made for the fridge, so you could put the yeah. fridge inside. Yeah, a lot of houses have something like that. Yeah, so we this one does. yeah, so we pull the fridge out, and then we see <laughs> where the water damage is coming from, and it is from the fridge from the I forget what it's called. It's like one of the water pipes for the fridge. It helps like keep the like provide the fridge with water and whatnot so it can get yeah, water and ice from it. Line. Like a water line? Yeah, the water line, that's what it's called. So the water yeah. line is leaking. We had this we've had this issue before and we noticed it, but this time we didn't notice it for some reason. I just guess the water didn't leak out far enough and instead traveled downwards toward the garage. So we found this from the fridge. It was not good. It had been at least maybe a couple weeks of buildup. From the water, from the fridge. So that's not good. The wood is damaged. It's rotten. It's moldy. It's weak. So it's like a danger to everyone in the house as well. Since it is a wood flooring, not carpets, wood flooring in the kitchen. So then, after, after inspectors like found out the cause of it, then we had to start preparing for repair. They had cut open our ceiling. They had ripped out our kitchen floorboards so we could find the water. And now, what they did is, it's just, it was an interesting experience. So what they did, they got like this huge tarp to cover the floorboard. Not only the floorboard. They didn't do anything with the, the garage ceiling yet. Since the, most of the water came from the kitchen floorboards, they got a huge tarp to cover over the wet area. And they cut a hole and put like a tube in it that connects to like a vacuum of some sort. No, it was a vacuum. No, it was like a blower. It like it was like it was it was it was like there blowing are water air. Vacuums, yeah, yeah, the water vacuums. I think it was a blower. It was blowing air into like the tarp area. I think it was to help it dry faster. But they they had set up this giant machine blower 
and just blows air into the tarp. And they said, alright, we'll come back in two weeks once it's dry. I was like, what? You're leaving this thing here for two weeks? This thing is loud. This blower, it is super loud and it's running 24-7. We can hear it upstairs where when we sleep. It was such a bad experience. So, we, we just have to live with this whole blower in our kitchen and like this area, this inaccessible area in our kitchen that we just can't just can't use or step over because we like the floorboards are damaged as well so we don't want to put too much pressure on it so we had to live it live with it for like a few weeks and during that time we also have to try and find new floorboards to replace the floor obviously we want to try to find slimmer wood to replace it so it looks natural yeah i wasn't part of finding it since at the time um, in the middle of the process, I had to go to San Diego for college. So my parents were trying to find floorboards for it. They had searched like every single hardware store you could possibly imagine. And it turns out like the type of floor, the, the type of wood our floor uses was like some type of Jamaican, I think some type of Jamaican wood. I'll, I don't know the specifics, but they had to drive like, Maybe to Jamaica. Jamaica. To, to cut the tree themselves and make the floorboards to use under that part of <laughs> the tree. A tree no now. longer accessible by mankind. Had to conduct yeah. evil ancient rituals. Like driving <laughs> to Jamaica. Right across the ocean. Yeah, they went to Jamaica. No. They had to drive like 60 miles out. So like an hour drive to find the hardware store that actually had found them. So I did find it. Which is, which is nice. The floor looks fine now. But it was just, just the whole process... Of fixing, of finding out where the water cut is coming from, realizing we have left the water running for multiple weeks and has severely damaged our flooring, and then we have to fix it and repair it. That was just so bad. This this yeah, fridge we've had has yeah, this fridge we've had also has been having issues. We bought it when we first got the house, so our fridge is like ten years old. No, more than that. I want to say 15 years old by now. And we're, and we're thinking of replacing it, but we're waiting for Black Friday to hopefully find a sale for it. We bought this fridge on Black Friday as well. We waited two hours in Fry's. You guys remember Fry's electronic oh, hardware store? Oh, I love Fry's, dude. I don't think I've ever set foot inside of Fry's. Yeah, they were selling fridges for Black Friday. We waited two hours in line to buy the dang thing. They delivered it. We real- <laughs> And after a week... The we realized the freezer for the fridge didn't work, so they had to they had to ship it back out and bring a new one in. Ah, uh, it was so bad. This fridge. How is... did you find out that the freezer didn't work? I wonder why. Could it be yeah, the rancid? <laughs> Could it be the rancid meat in our freezer when we opened it one yeah! day? Yeah. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Ooh, that was bad. <laughs> That's terrible. Ugh. Water damage sucks, guys. It's not good. I mean, I mean, if you, if your story is done, I mean, I have a bit of a story, but it's more like a, a issue with water that I've kind of had my entire life. It's not. It doesn't get into the gross part of like, oh, there's like this mold that was caused by water damage in some place. So, my biggest thing is that I have a very, very averse reaction to most tap water. I don't like tap water. I, I love I, um, tap water. 
Okay, well, if you live where I live, you can't drink the tap Understandable. Water. <laughs> yeah, so here, what it is is that usually if you have tap water, you'd like to use it for certain things, right? That's the goal. Usually, usually you'd, I don't know, drink it. That's usually like the fundamental thing you'd want to do with tap water. Um, Shower that is not it. some showering is it's okay it's it's I'll, I'll get to it it's a it's a little bit of an odd thing but basically the water tastes so goddamn bad that you it's it, you it's not i can't imagine anyone drinking it and i learned like i don't know some amount of years ago that apparently the the tap water in the place where I live is essentially just above the acceptable threshold for tap water. <laughs> Barely passed. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's so many issues with it. I mean, like the, my, I can remember the first time that I... I can remember the first time that I, like, realized how awful it is, and it was kind of just like a formative moment. You know how in most... I don't know, media or cartoons or whatever, where, like, a kid is up and he needs, you know, he gets a glass of water to drink yeah, gets to help him sleep or something like that. Yeah. I tried doing that, and I tried drinking that water, <laughs> and oh my god, did I hate it. <laughs> and I was like, what, what, this is, this what people are drinking in movies and stuff? This they're, stuff is awful. They're desperate. It's, how, how can anyone do this? I, it was really, really bad, and I hated it. And I couldn't imagine. I've even gone to like friends' houses who have a a water filter that is part of their sink, so they have filtered water from like they filter the tap water through a certain spout that they installed into their sink, and they drink it. And I was totally not. I did not want to do it at all. I did couldn't not trust. It. It. I didn't trust that it could. I did not trust that it could get rid of the disgusting nature that this water was just inher that was just inherent in this water, and so. I have, for the most part, been pretty averse to it, at least in recent years, though. When I've ever gone to other places, like if I was to, I don't know, visit my grandparents in San Francisco or something like that. The tap water there is really good. I, I am willing to drink the tap water in San Francisco. When we were in Santa Cruz and the university, I drink water from the tap. It wasn't great, but you run it through, like, a Brita filter, and it's it's fine. It's not as good when it's warm or lukewarm. It's better when it's mm. cold. And that brings me to the next point that I have about the water in the place where I live. And that's, if it's hot outside, or you make it hot, it has a very distinct odor to it Ooh, that smells... The water smell. I don't... I can't describe it. But it's so gross, and so, usually, at least it used to, I don't know if it's been fixed, but the, we used to have a water softener that worked, and at some point, I realized, wait a minute, this water has like a, I've never noticed it, but this water has like a smell to it now. And I'm just, it's very uncomfortable and I don't know how I feel about like washing myself with it because I'm afraid that I'm not actually clean. Smelly by water. Using this water. It smells weird and it's okay because like, you know, you're using soap and you dry yourself off and things yeah. like that. But I'm very, very concerned. I have sensitive skin, man. For all I know, it's because of that water that I have, like, a, some, like, skin oh, yeah. issues. I mean, I think it's a good measure if something feels off about your tap water to be overly cautious of it. I mean, I don't mean to, like, fearmonger you or anything. And obviously, your case is not going to be as egregious as other places, but there's a lot of places that have um, atrociously bad tap water situations. Like, a lot of Hawaii got, like, fucked by the, um... Uh, military bases around there, that there's basically jet fuel in their water. Oh. 
Yeah, it's it's like in a lot of places not even safe to bathe in. And because it was the military, it just got covered up and never admitted for years and years and years. Actually, I'm not sure if they ever admitted it was entirely their fault, but they admitted there was a problem. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, what other company's putting jet fuel in the water? <laughs> Who else could have possibly done something like that? Could it possibly be like the million-gallon tank of jet fuel that's next yeah. to the water supply in your base? Is that potentially I don't know. It? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. Well, <laughs> maybe it's not, you yeah, know? I don't know? What the if ABC there's just some other problem? It's looking a little suspicious over there, too. But yeah, in, in addition to that, you know how most refrigerators have like an ice maker or water that you can you know put a glass up to and you can have it pour it out and yeah. things like that that's also your tap water yeah water is precious we take care of it the the first time like i had i had the first time i had a thought I was like oh we really need to take care of the water is when i read on the news in oregon where two teenagers pee in a reservoir they broke into a reservoir and just peed in it, and basically just ruined the water in the reservoir for like the entire community. Those pricks. These guys are but why? idiots. Why did they do this? <laughs> you know, they probably lived there too. They made it worse <laughs> for themselves too. And the other thing is that we do live in a state that is notorious for not having enough water. Mm. Yeah, like my my family's kind of the same way with how you view tap water, mine. And that we don't really trust it, even though I've tasted it before and smelled it. I don't think it has as bad. I don't think we have it as bad as what your tap water is. But that's, well, we don't trust it. We used to get water from our fridge, filtered water from our fridge, and then boil it on the stove before we drink it. But now we also don't trust trust our fridge. Uh, for the reasons I mentioned earlier today. Yeah, what if you end up drinking moldy water? Ah, that would oh, be no. bad. <laughs> that would be even worse. Oh, But yeah, we buy our water from a water store now. Purified water. We, then, we do as well. Yeah. Yeah, then then we boil it. Then we drink it. Oh, you go the extra mile yeah. and boil that? We boil that too. We just, we just want to make super sure the water we're drinking is not terrible. It's like, I've talked to people about this too, people who grew up drinking tap water, people who grew up boiling their water before. Usually I found it's usually Asian families that like boiling their water. Everyone else usually doesn't do it as much. And their grandma tends to do that. Yeah. They're, they're always surprised when I tell them I boil my water. And like, they always ask, is there, does it taste different? Like, it, it does taste different. Boiled water tastes much different from like, Tap water. Yeah, you kill all the bacteria in it. You get rid of any germs. It's you, you're just cleaning the water one more time. Oh yeah, I mean even in uh, I'm sure it would taste a little different if anything because um even in like perfect water plants, the way that water is purified uses microbes. I guess a kind way of saying bacteria, but there's there's in tap water there's living things that are put in to purify the water that are harmless to people. Mm -hmm. So it would always really taste different if you boiled it. I'm sure. Other things about water? Jake, you uh, have I'm, any, I'm pretty blessed. I live in a place stories? with a nice tap. Wow. I just drink straight from the tap. It's not a problem. You're flexing yeah. on us. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fear me and my uh, water infrastructure? Yeah, I don't know. 
Like, I don't understand what went wrong. Or I don't understand why this is such a... It's honestly better anywhere else besides here. It's unfortunate. I don't like the best case. What the heck happened to your water? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even... I don't I, I don't... I, don't uh, I mean, a lot of it is be. probably just the way the minerals of the area are. Like, Possibly. Uh, our place is well water, and so how good well water is for drinking and consumption is literally just luck of what's in the earth in our area. And our area grows a fuck ton of rice, so the water and soil needs to be pretty clean to safely export rice, because that's just like... The way you farm rice just puts everything from the water into the rice. Uh, so if you want g good, clean water, you want to move next to a farm. Is what you're telling uh, me. Not, not, it's not true for all farms, it's specifically rice farms, because the way patties are, it's just like, concentrated, what's in the water goes into the rice. Oh, that's I mean, if you're worried about, um, you're worried about things in your rice, it's, uh, California rice is some of the cleanest, healthiest rice in the world. Just because of the water and soil quality tends to be quite good. A lot of um, southwest white rice often has a lot of problems with it. Just because of how the soil is. <laughs> Our water is so good, why are we still in a drought? Well, because we don't have enough of it. We're drinking too much water. Everyone stop I don't drinking think that's water the case. for a day. I don't even exactly, <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure what it's supposed to entail. But I'm assuming it has something to do with we don't have enough water for some purpose or something. Yeah, I mean, I, droughts... What what makes a drought differs from your area? I mean, general California, I mean, it's just going to be like it didn't rain very much this year. Or the way that the temperatures rotate didn't work very well. Because a lot of the water basically comes from melted ice caps, and at least where I am. Not ice caps, um, melted mountainous snow, because we live in a valley. I don't know how far you two are from me, but it, it's a lot of nearby Californias in the same valley with the same situation. Well, so I what matters is how cold it got versus how warm it got. Yeah. I know, how, I know that we're close. Eric's a bit further, but... I'm... What, like two, maybe three hours away from you, Ryan, I think? Probably. I'm not all... Yeah, Ryan and I are both in the Sacramento area. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in, I'm in Cupertino, so that's a bit far from you two. But, all the, the talk about, like, the what defines when we're in a drought kind of makes me think, think about... You know how come, you know how like is people are telling you, oh, you guys should take like five minute showers to save water and things like. Oh, people's water use is such a that's, minuscule percentage. I mean, I have something to yeah, say. Yeah, that, that, yeah. It's, it's like the same thing for when giant coal, gas companies, and factories tell you to stop driving and stop driving instead of It's like when Coca Cola to tells save, you to reuse your to bags. Save, to prevent, like, CO2 when they're, like, the ones that are contributing the most to CO2 emissions yeah. in the world. Or, like, the general population. What? I think it was from a Who's a Grat episode, if you guys know what that channel is. It's, like, educational videos on, like, stuff that's happening in our current world. Where I think we, the general population, contributes maybe under, at least under 5% of all CO2 emissions compared to, like, yeah. all the factories. And oh, yeah, it's factories and companies. 
I think the same like, could also be said for water, but I I don't know where that's likely it is the same for water. Yeah, I mean the commercial water usage is way higher in to the point in which consumer water usage is is oh, it's yeah. negligible if it, the reductions to it are negligible if there are any reductions. If people take five minute showers, it's not going to do. A, if everyone in California was to take a five minute shower, it would not impact this drought at all. Oh, all yeah. of the water. All the stuff that is happening with our lack of water is because of commercial water usage in factories and various other industries. Yeah. Industrial water usage. Yeah, I mean, even if you take only what's used specifically for farms, that's like a quarter to half of all California water usage. That's not a bad thing. Farms are useful. But it's like, it's the unfortunate mix of California has amazingly good um, weather and amazingly good soil, but so little water that farming tends to just like actually consume all of the water in the state, and that's kind of a non-negotiable thing. Yeah, I guess all farming's important. We need to make the food. Oh yeah, I mean, and factories are great for production too, but it's like, it's not on the consumer, and, and all the campaigns to make it appear like it's on the consumer is just a way to appear more environmentally friendly than they are. The really depressing yeah. statistics I heard is that, um, Plastic companies basically invented plastic recycling, found out it doesn't work very well, and then tried to advertise to the world it works great. Only about 10% of plastic you put in recycling actually gets recycled. The entire rest of it gets to the dump. It's incredibly non-profitable or efficient to recycle plastic. Yeah. It's really? Yeah, it, it does costs less to nothing. produce new plastic than to recycle reused plastic. Oh, I did not know that at all. Yeah, that is the, true. Um, the very, very nice top-notch plastic can be reused, not recycled. There's also, like, plastic that's borderline garbage um, that, uh, unfortunately, like, third-world countries seem to be taking turns hosting a business that has barely managed a way to make it profitable to recycle that plastic. But then the country usually bans it shortly after because it's a horrible health hazard and people near the factory die from all the fumes repeatedly. So, uh, it's not good. And it's until we run out of countries that are, uh, realizing for some reason they import garbage plastic and then a company can find a way to make money off of it killing the nearby inhabitants, uh, after that there'll just be none of that plastic that's recycled. Nice. This is great. All right, plastic. On the good note, (laughs) metal and glass are great for recycling, just not plastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know those are good. Those can be easily recycled. Yeah. And uh, paper is okay, not good. And cardboard is basically paper. The thing is, is that for the most part, a lot of things come in plastic containers nowadays compared to, I don't know, 20 or so years ago. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more glass and... Well, I guess... Well, a lot more glass bottles, or a lot of glass containers were much more um, available yeah, they're and more were much more usable. widely used. Yeah. But now, a lot of the time, plastic is typically what most containers are made out of. And that kind of just... Because it's, it's the thing is, is that it's a lot less costly to produce Yeah, it's really cheap and glass. it's really light, so it's really easy to ship. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and also, it's, uh, I mean, I guess it's not as durable, but it doesn't break it and drop it. 
Yeah, the other side of it, too, is all the problems with plastic and that it never degrades means, on the other hand, it lasts for fucking ever, so that means it's great as a material for using things. Like, plastic cups, plates, things for, um, general research purposes are great at doing what plastic needs to do, but single-use plastics are atrocious. I mean, I feel like the thing with plastic is, it's the, I think the issue stems from markets selling things with plastic rather than consumers buying things that have plastic. Oh yeah, certainly. Yeah. Because the consumer is always just going to buy whatever the fuck is cheapest. They don't actually give a shit. Because most people aren't in a position to make that choice. Well, yeah, if you want a certain product and it just so happens to have a plastic container, you're going to buy it because you want the product, not because yeah. it has a plastic and container. And the other side of it is, say you're buying milk and then one weird hippie brand in your area serves milk in glass jugs that you can turn in the next day to recycle, but it's 50% more expensive. There's not a lot of families able to make that decision. That is true. I, actually I, I will say, I um, I did actually buy milk in a glass bottle one time from a, the market while we were in university. Yeah, and it yeah. was the best milk I've ever had. It had like a cream top and everything. Mm-hmm. It was the most, probably the most authentic milk experience that I've ever had. <laughs> I understand what you're saying, but something gets me about authentic milk experience. Yeah, I'm not afraid <laughs> to say that. <laughs> I wish I could have uh, more authentic milk experiences. Yeah, you, you really want to live as the milks did. I don't know. Okay, uh, actually, now I think about it more. I'm not sure. I'm going to double back on that thing I just said, because I'm thinking about it again, and I don't exactly enjoy the fact that I said that. You know, uh, you're gonna you have took to great pride in okay. it. You took great I d- actually, no, I'm doubling back again. <laughs> I'm back to having down. authentic milk experiences. Oh, I'm my. tripling down on this. I, I'm a fan of authentic milk experiences now again. Nice. I'm proud of you, yep. Ryan. Yeah. I mean, it was good. I've seen them before, but I've never tried it. Because they are more expensive. Than, like, they are more milk, expensive. Milk cartons or milk jugs. Do, do milk well, plants still exist? Like, they, they come no, out... No, not like, really. They come out, like, every... Definitely not as a large-scale operation. Aww. Yeah. If you live in an area with farms around, you could probably end up having milk shipped to you. And then you can find a nearby recycling plant to give the glass jugs if they're a weird milk brand that serves them in glass jugs. Hey, we're not the worst. Uh, There's places around the world, particularly Canada, that serves milk in plastic bags, which is even harder to recycle than milk jugs. Milk in plastic bags? What? Yeah, and then there's actually a household appliance that kind of looks like a pitcher that you balance the milk bag in to put it in your fridge. So you can pour I, it out of the bag. I need I'm a look. That's just how it works in Canada. What is I'm this? Of those bags you put baby formula in. This looks yeah, terrible. Yeah, you thought Canada was similar to the states. It's, it's it's a world of difference. They put their milk in bags. How could they be the same? This <laughs> it just looks wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how it is, man. Sometimes it just feels. Oh, I saw for the first time in, jokes. I saw for the first time in one of the Asian super, supermarkets we regular we regularly go to where they have started putting all of their fruit in individual plastic wrappers. First. I don't know if it was like an issue with like bugs getting into them 
Or maybe what? people touching. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what would make them want to put all their fruit into plastic baggies. It's just, it just blows my mind how... Maybe it's a COVID... A COVID maybe thing? It's some kind of COVID, maybe it's a COVID countermeasure. I don't know. COVID I don't know, it could also just be that food. where they source their fruit from started wrapping it in plastic to ship it easily. I thought there were studies where COVID can't be passed through food. Like if someone cooks your food at a restaurant, they can't pass it to you. I don't know. Asian people are weird, I guess. I don't know. The, the, my main metric for this is just knowing how my grandma works, because she's an old Asian woman. That's kind of the only, the only thing I can really think about. And she's COVID concerned, and so what she does is every time she sends food to us, or has my mom bring food from where she lives to here, she, you know, wraps it in a lot of plastic wrap when it's completely unnecessary. And so, and she said, I don't know, I don't know, I think one of the reasons she stated for why she does it is because she's, like, afraid of, like, COVID doing something. I don't know, though. Well, at the it, very <laughs> least, it's weirdness out of kindness. Yeah. I guess so. It, it actually, I don't know, does COVID live longer on plastic than it would on food? I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's studies about how long COVID lasts on surfaces, but the big thing is there's people all around you. That's going to be the overwhelming amount of exposure. When you're talking about billions and billions of tiny mm -hmm. particles, you kind of have to talk about probabilities rather than, like, the physical particles, you know? Yeah, that that reminds me. COVID reminds me of... It's like, it's like still happening in the world, but, like, after... How, how many years has it been? Three or four years of being exposed to it? People just kind of don't care about it anymore. When, when I go outside, people aren't wearing masks anymore. When I feel like they still should be. When COVID is still such a Yeah, concern. it definitely varies from place to place. I mean, I think America, compared to other countries, had a stiff reaction to uh, masking just because of how not normal it is for people to mask prior to now. Yeah, and like Asian countries, masking when you're sick is like common practice. Yeah, but then here in America, when when I was in San Diego, very, very heavily, very white populated, no one was wearing a mask outside. Absolutely no one, not even in the Oh yeah, where I live, there's, there's no one who wears masks outside and few who wear them inside. I, I look like the weird one when I usually do. Yeah, it's just... Well. It just bothers me so much, cause, cause my mom also is, uh, has, uh, is immunocompromised. So getting, being, being around people who don't wear masks and like, when COVID is still happening is very dangerous for her. It's also mm. dangerous for me and my dad if we go near those people, because we, if, if yeah, we get it, she's gonna get her. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, it just bothers me so much. Because recently, for some reason it started this year, not like when COVID was first starting when everyone was like masking up, but now this year people, mask mandates seem to be more lax, or people just don't care anymore. Like, yeah, I, I think to... it's, um, most cities have lifted the inside masking requirements, and now it's on a business themselves, and the problem with putting that kind of responsibility on a business themselves is it's just telling them, hey, would you like less clientele, you know? Yeah, it puts the business at risk when, when they're given the choice of whether to keep up mask yeah. mandates or not. As I went to, yeah, I went, 
Yeah, I went to a pita place that has, like, the sign. Like, masks are required and stuff. But no one's wearing a mask. There's a sign that tells you to wear one. No one's wear- <laughs> yeah, wearing one. Inside? And, yeah, inside. And no one's wearing one. Like, come on, yeah. it's on the sign. And no one's, like, enforcing it either. So Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's like, like, a lost cause at this point, trying to make people wear masks. So the yeah, best like we when can you do look is in businesses. When you look in businesses where I am, it's like, yeah, this... You have an optional masking kind of thing in the building, but then every single employee by the company is is required to wear a mask, so it's like the company literally knows it's a good idea to make people wear masks, but they just don't want to force the clientele to because they'll lose money. Because for some reason it got put on the people instead of the city or the, um, I think it was generally the city and the state who would have that kind of... Yeah, it's, it's up to the city, mostly. Like, the city controls the districts, the city mandates yeah, I mean, whether each district will mask, or whether they'll leave it up to them. It's not the worst. I heard that in um in a lot of places in England, like, people are a lot more hostile to people wearing masks who just get offended. Like, why are you wearing a mask kind of question. I've never really, really? gotten any of that here, even if less people wear masks. Yeah, I never, yeah, I never really know about how... COVID or masking is reacted to in other places. I only thought about it here. Yeah. Well, except for China, because my parents are from China. But, oh my, the lockdown was not good. <laughs> I've heard bad things about the, the lockdown in China. It was like, it feels inhuman at some points. Yeah, maybe it's that's, may, Maybe that's why people aren't keen to masking here. Maybe they think it feels inhuman, but I wouldn't know how to directly ask them. Just as a culture, I feel like America tends to be really resistant to face covering. I don't know exactly what's up with it, but a lot of uh, a lot of things that turned into strangely political arguments are related to people covering their faces. So I suspect people just don't like faces being covered in general here. I don't know. Can't identify or read emotions. I don't know. So, I mean, that is kind of a concern, yeah. Seems like a mild concern, though. <laughs> the benefit. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing about it is that this is, in the grand scheme of things, I see this as simply just perpetuating it. Because if you don't cover up, then you just run the risk of either contracting it yourself or giving it to someone else to contract it. Even if you are immunized, even if you are vaccinated, you can still contract it and give it to someone who isn't vaccinated. And so that just runs the risk yeah. of someone, you know, contracting it and feeling the systems and the effects of it. And then because they have it, because it, it just it just allows it it just allows it to spread more easily because you just chose yeah. to like, cover your face. I mean the uh, the unpleasant line that uh, is true, but went around a lot near the very beginning of the pandemic is when the pandemic started. If everyone who was able just uh, fully and effectively isolated themselves for two weeks, it would be over in two weeks. Yeah. No one wanted to do that. Yeah, so it's been two plus years. We keep having waves. The first wave ended. The second wave. Freedom, right? Yeah, freedom. Freedom to do. Freedom to do whatever we want and just contract Corona everywhere. Uh huh. Hooray! Yay! What a wonderful country. I hate this place. Get me out of here. I am an anti-American at this point. Man. 
Is it? It's just first world problems. This is just first world problems. Much uh, is it? This is a disease that can kill people. <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know how other places are handled. I mean, in our defense, uh, we're handling it much better than a lot of third world countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, still not to the quality of a first world country. We'll call it a second world country, shall we? Actually, I think that's a real term. So, no, not that. Is. I'm assuming it probably is a real term. But yeah, I don't know. It could have been over so quickly. It could have. The people didn't wanna. They decided that some things are too important. They don't care if people die as long as they get to exercise their freedom. What an American sentiment, I guess. Very cool. This is yeah. the American dream that we've always strived for, and no one else is gonna get in the way. Not the master, not the Yeah, right. Right. America! Oh, yeah, well, look at that. Jan- June, July 4th is coming soon. Yeah. Two weeks we'll be able to <laughs> celebrate our freedom. Yeah. Celebrate our immense Americanness by creating fire hazards and illegally, um,. Setting off explosives in public spaces. Some of them are. Some of them are. Uh, are okay. Some of them are. What's the word? Um, questionable. Only no, not mild questionable. Fired hazards. Well, not mild fire. Some of them are. Is the word ordained? I'm not sure. Sweet the legal. ones that are. Yeah, because they were preordained, officiated. I don't know. Something that makes it so that it's you know it's not illegal. It's it's, it's been okay. Yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even think there is a July celebration in this year. If any, there's 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 around the week where I live. There's people who do uh, Fourth of July fireworks the week before and the week after every single night until midnight. Yeah. We we used to go watch fireworks before COVID happened. Now we just have those. I don't know what they're called, what, crackle poppers or something? You just throw them onto the floor and they pop. And they snap, yeah. Yeah, they snap, snap, crackle pop. I don't know what the name is. Those are the Rice Rice Krispies. Rice Krispies? Did you just say Rice Krispies? Yeah, you said snap, crackle pop, so I said Rice Krispies. Snap, crackle pop, Rice Krispies, yeah. Isn't that what you're throwing on the ground? Yeah, you're throwing Rice Krispies on the ground? Yeah, they do snap, crackle, and pop when you hit them against the ground. Wait, is that is that like the slogan for that's Rice their Krispies? Logo. That's really? their logo. That's their <laughs> slogan, and it's also the, the names of the three mascots. For I the did Rice not Krispies know that. That was, that was unintentional. <laughs> My God, how did you not know this? I don't. I I don't know. I did not know this. I don't usually. I'm interested. I'm interested in how this is how this came to be because it seems like you have a lot of lapses in. I don't know if this is. I mean, for all we know, it's a good thing that you don't know all these things because it means that you haven't been. Influenced by advertising as much as us, but at the same time, it's like a they're like cultural thing. Like you see a commercial on TV and you see like Snap Crackle Pop Rice Krispies. Oh, what kind of adventure? What kind of hijinks are the Rice Krispies trio going in to do today? When you pour the milk into your Rice Krispies, you can hear it talk, and then the then they you know cut to a cartoon as they zoom in on your bowl of cereal of three mascots doing what you know who knows what. I feel. Like, pathetic when it comes to knowing a lot of culture and life skills. Like, there's stuff I should know, but it just lapses in my knowledge. I've just <laughs> never been exposed to before. 
For some reason, okay, well, it's 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 like for some reason this has not been an issue in like past episodes, past episodes we've done, but for some reason it's happening in this one. I know when we usually talk, sometimes there's things that come up that I have no idea what's happening, but I've never yeah. been exposed to. I'm yeah, I mean, it's not a huge issue. I don't know. It's probably just a symptom of you've been able to keep yourself occupied a lot of your life. I think a lot of knowledge of culture comes from just what people do when they're bored. <laughs> now, a truly useless, useless fact about Snap, Crackle, and Pop is, um, you know, derivatives of position being, like, velocity, acceleration, position, that sort of thing? After acceleration, so, uh, third derivative is jerk. And then after that is snap, and then after that is crackle, and then after that is pop. Interesting. Yeah, that's a oh, those physicians just being funny, dude. I so wait a minute, velocity, acceleration. It goes position, velocity, acceleration, jerk, snap, crackle, pop. I so see. pop is the sixth derivation of derivation of position. Sorry. I only our, our physics class only went up to jerk. Oh yeah, anything above that. jerk's not useful. That's why they're funny. Because <laughs> yeah. jerk is, is effectively the acceleration of your acceleration. Mm -hmm. And snap yeah. is the acceleration of your jerk and so on. No, you have to give it... You, in order to make people understand, the, the people who may not be as um, physics-oriented... Yeah, you just so have acceleration that, you know, is change of velocity, change of acceleration is jerk and so on. Yeah, so jerk is acceleration of acceleration, and snap is acceleration of acceleration of acceleration, and crackle is acceleration of acceleration of acceleration of acceleration, and pop is acceleration of acceleration of acceleration of acceleration of acceleration. You didn't make that any more understandable, Ryan. I'm pretty sure I did. I used one word to describe all of that, and I guess Does I used that, that one word. I think more people understand acceleration rather than like derivatives and the change of this and things like that. I think if you just say that things are the acceleration of the acceleration X amount of times, I think that's more understandable, yeah, maybe. right? You, I guess you, it's like saying <laughs> you're a grandfather's grandfather's grandfather. You, yeah, you but you could, in that you case, know. like my dad's father, my uncle, what is it? My best friend's uncle's cousin's great grandfather's nephew. This is goldfish. <laughs> You, you send the he word told me that song. fish told me. <laughs> yeah, he blubbed. <laughs> oh my god! You you ever have that that moment where a word gets said so many times it starts sounding weird to you and yes. starts yeah. losing all Did of its Did it happen to acceleration? Acceleration, oh, acceleration, oh, acceleration. Yeah. Acceleration doesn't have any meaning to it anymore. It's just a sound now. It doesn't have any actual... That's what happens... If you think about words too much, that's essentially what it is. I think about that all the time. Like, why is this thing called this thing? Because, ultimately, it's just a, a combination of syllables to make a specific sound. And in and of itself has no actual meaning, but people give it meaning. And then if you, it gets really weird if you just think of the literal noises and mouth motions to make a word. Like, crisp is one of the most satisfying words I know, because it goes from the back to the front of your mouth, showcasing crisp. many things it can, that your mouth can do. Crisp. And it does, the word itself does kind of describe the idea that the word is supposed to describe. Which is an interesting, I always thought those things are kind of interesting, when the words kind of reflect the idea or thing that they're supposed to be, you know, mm -hmm. representing. Yeah, and there's a, an amount of intuitiveness that goes into a lot of words, even across languages. Like, um, 
most, uh, pretty much every language, the word for mother has some sort of ma or ah yeah. to it. I've always wondered how, about that. I, I think it's just what babies do with their mouths, I to guess. be honest. I am astounded by the number of different languages that have mama and papa as the way that they say mother and father. Yeah. There's also the, uh, experiment, what was it, um... Bobo and Kiki, and everyone knows, and it's asking, there's two shapes, and you have to name one Bobo and one Kiki, and you always name the pointy shape Kiki and the round one Bobo. Yeah. Universally across all cultures. Yeah, Kiki just well, sounds more pointy. K, it just K, sounds K is pointy, a sharper man. sound. Yeah. Yeah. Language is fascinating. In, in, in Japanese language, isn't mother a full son? That's Okasa. Okasa. And, okay, father's a Oto, Oto-san. Yeah. Yeah, they don't have, I, they don't have the mom. But there's also, either. like, they swing do. versions they don't? of it. Wait, they do? I've got it, I've got it. It was Haha, his mother. I'm not pronouncing that's not, it well. That's not slang, that's a that's a formal way to that's re- formal? refer to Alright, yeah. I didn't got it, I lied. <laughs> it's a pretty, it's a pretty formal way of saying mother and father is Chi Haha. Or Haha and Chi Chi. Anyway, no, there is, no, the most, the most, I guess Where is the I wouldn't call it informal, but the most basic way of saying mother and father in Japanese is still mama and papa. Ah shit. Oh, they, yeah. oh okay. They, they just say mama and papa then. Yeah, babies say mama and papa. They don't they don't come out of the <laughs> womb saying Okasan and Otosan. Sure they do. <laughs> no, they don't. Have you ever just seen like a I Japanese thing out of the womb saying mother, father, mother, father? I've been born. I have been born, and now I will refer to you and I talk like that. I mean, that's, that's yeah. Yeah, just, yeah babies start with that deep of a voice, regardless of gender, and then they settle into their voice. Yeah, there's there's a there's a pre, there's a pre pre puberty. Uh, yeah, there's pre pre puberty uh, series. What am I talking about? Sequence? No, uh, period. That's what it's called. A pre pre puberty period. Yeah, just pre, like that. Pre pubescent period. Before you enter pre-puberty, you have to go through pre-pre-pre-pre-puberty. Yes. Acceleration, acceleration. Pre is starting to lose its meaning to me. Puberty is, is, it is becoming white noise in my head. Prepubescent or just the word, or just the prefix pre? Just the pre. Pre-pre-pre. <laughs> what does it mean to pre? Oh, actually, that sounds kind of gross. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-oh, stinky Ryan. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, it's kind of naughty today. No, I mean, d- d- I'm a good. Ryan per- got a I'm- little excited talking about language there. I am not. I'm a. I'm a completely. I'm a pure person. I am. I when I hate you guys are the ones that made authentic milk experience naughty. I just said it because I that's what I was describing. Was Yes, you did. You said, oh, Ryan, what are you talking about? I said it's a little <laughs> weird to talk about your milk experience like it any is. other food. It's it's, you said it was weird. I was being completely I was being completely candid about it. I was saying that this is the most delicious milk that I've ever had, and nothing is going to nothing is gonna compete with it. You it said tastes it was so peak good. Milk experience. <laughs> no, I was authentic, making fun of that phrase. Not peak authentic. <laughs> Don't make this worse. It's okay, Ryan. We all know you're a pre-person. Don't say that. <laughs> Alright, but I think we're fresh out of time. 
We started off on a kind of serious snow, but I'm kind of glad we left it off more lighthearted. Milk. Milk and free. <laughs> oh. No, don't put those together. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. You can watch and listen to us live every Saturday on twitch.tv slash Games. One day, starting at 3-ish p.m. PST. If you, but if you can't make it, no worries. New episodes will go up on Monday at 12 p.m. PST on your favorite pod- podcasting platforms as well as on YouTube at youtube.com slash breaktimepodcast. Follow us on Twitter at ShadowPointGS if you want. Join us next week when we talk about whatever Ryan, my friend, I mean friend, wants to talk about. Until then, break time over.